Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and tune in. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Margaret Michael. And I'm Grayson Willis. Thank you for joining us today. Today we have Kirsten Lambert Pittman with us. Um, some of you may know her by one name or the other, but um, we're so glad to have her here from Central Valley Habitat uh, for Humanity. Offices here in Bridgewater, Virginia. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me on. The- Absolutely. We're excited to have you. Uh, we believe in what Central Habitat does in our community and just grateful to partner with you guys. Could you maybe start off today and we'll go a little bit light to start out with. What kind of ice cream do you like? Oh gosh, well if it's ice cream I like just about any flavor, Um, but if I had to pick one it would probably be Rocky Road. Mm. I love Rocky Road. I used to get that with my grandparents all the time Mm. when they'd take me for ice cream. You know it's so funny how that kind of brings up those memories. Yeah. Um, If I would go back to a long-term ice cream that I've liked for a long time, it would be Grape Nut Banana. Yeah. Not many people know about that, but the story (laughs) is that my grandmother came up with it. So that takes me back um, a long road. How about you, Grayson? Vanilla. (laughs) Sometimes she changes her favorite. Mine doesn't change. I actually had some at the time of this recording, had some yesterday, a classic (laughs) yeah it's a classic you just can't go wrong with vanilla so anyway um, uh, we're going to talk about valley habitat for humanity but just as a little background for you if you want to tell us about where you're from and maybe how you got involved with habitat yeah sure Um, i'm from here actually i grew up in bridgewater i went to wilbur pence turner ashby and then i actually graduated from bridgewater college as well i got into habitat i originally wasn't ever thinking that I would actually go into working with a nonprofit. Um, but when I was in college, my roommate was the president of the Bridgewater Habitat chapter. Mm-hmm. And I would go with her to photograph build sites with their club. or And she was also a member of Bridgewater Church of the Brethren. Mm-hmm. So she was doubly involved. Mm-hmm. And she would tell me about it. And I never actually joined the club until one of my professors came to me my senior year. And they said, we have a nonprofit that is looking for somebody that can do what you do to do an internship and it was Central Valley Habitat for Humanity so they invited me in for an internship I worked there for my final semester at Bridgewater and then they hired me for the community outreach position from my internship and I started right after graduation that's really cool and just a couple streets over right exactly yeah not too far (laughs) that's really cool what first kind of spoke to you about habitat um, from on a personal level that caused you to think, this might be something I want to be a part of. Sure. Um, I would say it's really seeing and interacting with families that may not be given a chance somewhere else. Growing up in Bridgewater, going to TA, there were people that I was friends with that maybe didn't have all the advantages that I had or even other people in the school had. And my grandparents always raised me to treat everybody the same and that everybody deserved a second chance. Mm And so when I started to work there during my internship and see these families that were working so hard and they weren't being able to gain traction in the regular world because they were overpaying on housing, that was something that I thought, you know, we can fix this. And this is something that I can use my skills to really help people in my community 
people like the ones that I went to school with, people that deserve that chance at happiness, that chance at having their own home, because home was so important to me growing up, and that's something that I would really like for everybody to experience. Yeah. Sounds like that your grandparents had a great impact on your life. I don't (laughs) want to miss that. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I originally grew up my first few years in West Virginia in Pendleton County. Um, My grandparents have, they've been married for, I think, 52 years now. And my mom worked a lot when I was a kid to, you know, just provide. And my grandparents, my grandma was a school teacher, a science teacher, and my grandpa was a full-time farmer. So growing up those first few years while my mom was working night shift and things like that, he would take me with him out in the community. He would take me with him out on the farm. And my grandmother, being a school teacher, she saw the need that the kids coming into the school had that didn't have a good home life or they didn't have all the support that they needed. And they really made sure to instill in me that these are people, they're just like you, just because they don't have the same advantages, they all deserve to be treated equally. We're all blessed, and they were just, it was a great loving home life, and we all still go back for every major holiday to spend time with them, and it's just, I grew up in such a close-knit family with such great values that they just really did a great Mm -hmm. job with that. Yeah, it does make a difference when you have that embedded in the fabric of your family and your life, and so and having that, and not just living in it, but having that um, experience and that leading you to what you do um, professionally is such a testimony to your parents, grandparents, um, um, to your mom, making sure that you had, you know, you had that support around you. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you just for sharing that little, yeah, sure, little personal piece, Kirsten. Uh, just if you want to share what's going on right now about Valley Habitat and also just share more. I mean, a lot of people probably are familiar with Habitat, but I don't want to take that for granted that some people might be like, well, what's the history kind of behind Central Valley Habitat? Sure. So Central Valley Habitat was actually started, they affiliated with Habitat International in 1988. Prior to that, um, Bridgewater Church of the Brethren and the Bridgewater Food Pantry they started to notice in the community that people didn't have the housing they needed. It was unsafe or they couldn't afford it. And they felt, you know, everybody deserves to have somewhere to call home. And so they started to put together all the things they needed to become affiliated with Habitat International. They affiliated in 88 and built their first home in Grados in 89. So since then they built, let's see, they built about 60 homes in the first 30 years And then uh, they started a strategic plan with the goal that we would be able to serve more families more quickly. And since then, we've actually built 73 homes uh, in 33 years. So we've increased our building quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Last year, we actually dedicated eight homes. So we're very excited and we're hoping to continue with at least six homes a year if possible. That's our our goal. Yeah. It was just, I was on one of the properties two weeks ago and Got to meet the family that's yeah. moving in and just to see them there on the grounds working side by side with the volunteers. I think I could tear you about that. Um, <laughs> it's powerful. Someone said, yep, they put sweat equity yes. into the housing. And beautiful thing about that is it provides an opportunity to build relationships with other folks in the community. And uh, our folks love to show up and 
uh, we're working towards, you know, a deeper partnership with you guys. But that just really spoke to me as I walked, you know, around the property with some of the family. And we just don't understand maybe all the needs there are in our community. When you talk about eight homes in the last year, um, the difference that that makes for them and that makes it our community to have eight more families that are more stable. Yeah. And I, I know uh, this was a while back, but I know about eight years ago or so, if, I, mm-hmm. if my math is right, maybe it's not, but we actually partnered and helped build a Habitat mm-hmm. house in the community. And I was able to volunteer one or two parts of one or two mm-hmm. days, not as often as a lot of people that were there consistently. I know Pastor Roger um, who recently retired here at our church, helped lead the project from our church volunteers perspective. But I, um, Pastor Margaret was also talking about it a few weeks ago and she met the family uh, that's going to move into the home that y'all are dedicating here um, pretty soon. And uh, I actually went out to the site one day and I was trying to catch um, some of the work people that were volunteering there helping build the shed and the porch and I actually missed him by about an hour. I called one of our volunteers, and he's like, yeah, we left about an hour ago. So I went back that next morning, and I actually talked to uh, one of the ladies on your board at Habitat for Humanity, Donna Robinson, and she was just talking about what a blessing it was for these families to be able to move into these homes and how it really helped them get a jump start on life and not have to worry about housing. They could worry about other things, food, clothing, other things that they needed for their family and just what a huge help it is for these families. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, for these families, the ones that are able to really qualify for our program, they are low income and they're making about 60% of the average median income in our area. So that's when you look at a graph, it's really not that much. And for a studio apartment in Harrisonburg right now, it's about $925 a month in rent. And then that's not even probably including their energy costs or waste management, anything like that. So when they join our program, the average amount that our families are paying in mortgage is a little over $300 a month. So it's making a huge difference. It's making them more efficient. It's allowing them to have somewhere to call home and increase not only their mental health, but it's been shown that it increases their physical health and it makes children do better in school. And they just generally are able to break that cycle of poverty that's otherwise very hard to escape. What do you want to share with us um, about Habitat? Something about Habitat that you really love or maybe even a story about someone who's specific family that has just really spoken to you as you've worked with them? It's hard to choose one family that has spoken to me because so many of them have their own unique story. Um, We like to say that if our families aren't struggling, then we're not working with the right ones. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think one that really hit close to home for me um, was a single mom. She's actually, when she was in our program, she was, I think, two years younger than I was. Mm -hmm. And so I was at that time 23, 24, Mm -hmm. and she had three kids, and her only support system really was her mom. And she really struggled. Her kids were young she had a health issue where it made her difficult for her to hold a job because she would need to call out last minute. And so she went from job to job to job, and she had to live with her mom with her three young kids. 
And for a while, we weren't really sure if she was going to be able to make it completely through the program because, as you mentioned, our families do do sweat equity hours, Mm -hmm. and we try our best to make sure that we can help them if needed. Um, But she was really struggling. And uh, at one point, we had to have the hard discussion of, are we going to have to let her go Mm. from the program? And I really pushed for us to not let her go because I felt that she, if she could just get into her own home, she would really be able to excel Mm -hmm. in her life. And so we ended up not dropping her from the program. We started to really make sure that we worked with her intensively Mm -hmm. so that she was getting her hours and also staying with her job. Um, We have family sponsors. Each one works with a specific family, and her family sponsor was calling her and texting her and making sure that she didn't need anything or if she needed somebody to watch her kids. Mm -hmm. And she did finally get a home last year in Harrisonburg, and it was just amazing to see how happy she was, how excited her kids were to have their own place. And since then, she's gotten a really great job, a very stable job, wow. and she's really starting to improve her life. And that's that's probably the one that stuck with me the most because she was so close to my age. And it's something that when they're so close in age, it's you realize, you know, that could have been me mm-hmm. in other circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And that one just really really stuck with me because we liked the same things she would come to the office and clean and we'd talk about movies and stuff that when we were growing up and it was just really great to see her finally get her house and it makes such a difference when there's a face to the need and you talked about if they're not struggling you may not have the right Mm -hmm. fit and I you know sometimes when we find people that we're engaging people are struggling we would tend to want to tell them how to live. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I worked with Bridge of Hope at one point, and it was helped start that here in the community. And uh, so a program, a nonprofit for single homeless moms. Mm-hmm. And I remember at a training one day, we were told that that mom is the driver of her own life. Mm-hmm. We can encourage them, but we can't tell them what to do. We have to walk alongside and encourage and um, sometimes we just kind of want to say, well, you know, you throw up our hands. and But that's the messy middle is where things really happen. Yeah. If we can stay in that relationship and work through those things to see the results on the other end um, is amazing. Yeah. Um, and so that's just really cool to have that perseverance and to realize that it's not going to be easy because we're helping them change a pattern, yeah. right? And that don't happen overnight. New habits aren't learned in a day, but through walking um, new paths. And so, yeah, that's a very encouraging just to hear yeah. um, those personal stories. Kirsten, as you were talking and talked about, you know, if the family's not struggling, then we're probably not ministering to the right families. And it's just it puts to light how many families in our local community are struggling and that we might not be aware of um, in our day-to-day lives or just how much they're struggling. We might know that some people are struggling, but we don't realize the depth of it. And it was neat as you were sharing the average income that you said families pay for rent and then how much they pay through Valley Habitat. And it sounded like a third of the price, which gives people a huge step forward being able to have that help but like you said it's not easy you were talking about the program that they have to go through so if you want to share any about that 
Yeah, so our program, we have a couple of different qualifications, but ultimately we help local low-income families that have been residents of Harrisburg or Rockham County for at least a year. And uh, they also have to be permanent residents or citizens of the United States, mm-hmm. but we've had quite a few families that went through our program that we were able to celebrate when they got their citizenship mm-hmm. with them. Um, we have quite a few families that are refugees, mm-hmm. And just part of our program, uh, we mentioned sweat equity. The families do 200 hours per adult in the family. So for a two-person, that's going to be 400 hours total. Um, They really get invested in working on their own home, but we don't want to stop there. We want to make sure that they're prepared to be homeowners. Mm -hmm. When you've been renting your entire life, you may not know about homeowners insurance. You may not know what to do if your power goes out or you blow a breaker. And so what we do is they also are required to take home ownership classes. Mm-hmm. They take budgeting, they take homeowners insurance, they take various different financial recommendations, such as, you know, we may suggest that they should look into doing a will, mm-hmm. because a lot of our families don't <coughs> consider that they're fairly young. Um, or we may suggest, you know, we do a walkthrough of their home with them for one class where our construction manager points out, here's your breaker box, here's your water shut off, etc. And we mm-hmm. show them how they should take care of it. We give them lists of who they could call if they needed something fixed. And we just generally teach them how to be homeowners and how to do it in a financially stable way. That is so important because it is a whole new world. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've not probably grown up in an own home or rented, um, and I can only imagine them getting to know Buddy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love Buddy. Um <laughs> I was telling our congregation a few weeks ago that on the Habitat build last year, I learned how to swing a hammer correctly. Mm-hmm. I could swing one before, <laughs> but I wasn't doing it correctly. And um, that's the beautiful thing about volunteering with Habitat. You don't have to know how to do everything, but you can come in and learn. You know, there's some things, you know, Buddy's willing to walk alongside folks and teach and I was so impressed with that. Just, it was a great experience um, last year, this year, just to be there and to engage yeah. um, with him and the team that was there. And so can you tell us a little bit of how the house gets built? Sure. Uh, we do build from the ground up. We Sometimes we have a stock of lots and sometimes we don't, just depending on the availability. I'll use the home at Virginia Avenue as an example We already had lots there. They were single-family zoned, Mm -hmm. and that wasn't good enough for us. We wanted to serve as many families as we can because as Harrisonburg expands, land becomes less and less available. Mm -hmm. So we want to focus on what's considered the missing middle housing, and that's housing like duplexes that isn't as expensive as a single-family home, Mm -hmm. um, but also allows us to increase the density of housing in the same space Mm -hmm. that we could have put one person. So. Instead of three single-family homes, we can build. So we'll have six with three duplexes. The one on Virginia Avenue that we started with, um, it's a two-floor home. And what we do is we talk to the families about how many children they have, the genders of the children, and we follow HUD guidelines based on bedrooms and who can go in what bedroom. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this one's actually a four-bedroom house, and it's two floors. And what we do is we sit down with our committees and we start to talk about when we're planning the build, who can we reach out to in the community that can cover the parts of the build like HVAC, 
plumbing, electrical that require permits. And then we talk to our trade partners and we say, would you be willing to donate your labor to decrease the cost of this build for the family? Mm-hmm. And once we've picked those out, we start to go through and the majority of everything else can really be done by volunteers mm-hmm. with a little guidance. So mm-hmm. This recent build was a faith build. We had four churches, uh, Bridgewater Church of the Brethren, Muhlenberg Lutheran, Shalom Mennonite Congregation, and Community Mennonite. They all four came together, and Shalom and Community basically single-handedly framed the duplex with volunteer labor. So from those churches, we had quite a few skilled individuals that were able to come in and do the volunteer work in building the house. And then we also have long-term volunteers, which are a group of people that you generally they're retired and they have extra time and they have some experience so they can come out and just our construction manager says you know the trim needs done the painting needs done go to it and they can do it in a couple of days Um, so really the whole build is done majority with volunteers and where needed local businesses that out of the kindness of their hearts Mm -hmm. donate their services and the materials to us yeah that's awesome and uh, if people wanted to help support uh, Central Valley Habitat for Humanity, what would be the best way, uh, your website or any other information like that? Yeah, there's lots of ways to support us. We have uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's at Central Valley Habitat on Facebook and Instagram and at Central Valley VA on Twitter. We do have a website that lists all of our programs, and we have blog posts that detail different things about our organization. Uh, We also have our own podcast that we recently started called Let's Build, where we talk more about housing advocacy and why the affordable housing crisis is something that people should really care about because it's largely a hidden crisis that people don't necessarily see. And there's a lot of subsets to low income. Um, For instance, Harrisonburg City right now is up to 23% of people living in poverty And uh, then if you allow for what we call the Alice population, which are people that are employed but are making 80% of the average median income, that raises to over 30% of the households in the city alone. And so if you can do housing advocacy for us in the community, podcasts like this are a great way to support us. Or if you want presentations to a church, a civic group, just interacting and letting the community know that affordable housing is a problem mm-hmm. and that these families are hardworking and you can support us, even if you said you don't know how to swing a hammer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you show up, we'll definitely be glad to show you. Yeah, that's for sure. Kirsten, how can we, and those listening, how can we be in prayer for Valley Habitat and these families and all those involved? Sure. Yeah, so definitely, I would say definitely pray that we continue to have good relations with the city and the city officials and the county and the county officials for finding land and making sure that we can decrease the costs as much as possible for these families. You can pray that we have volunteer support, wonderful volunteers like the ones that came from your church to support these families and help do the parts of the construction that we would prefer not to pay for if possible and just Pray for our mission. We bring people together to build homes, communities, and hope. And if we can just continue to pray for that hope in the community, then Mm -hmm. we would definitely be glad for that. Well, I'm grateful that you have given your life at this point to that, right? (laughs) Like you are, and that's what it takes. And it's everybody doing their part. Mm -hmm. And when we can all find a way, and there's 
a way for everyone to be involved, whether you can swing a hammer or you can give money. And I know that you all have a fundraiser yes. coming up in, what, September? Yes. I'm trying to say the 7th. Yes. Is that right? Correct. Oh, yes, I got it. <laughs> I'm planning to be there. So, yeah, that's, a, you know, another way. Like, fundraising is a really important part of this mission. And so whether it's um, giving of our time or our talent, um, treasure, whatever, um, Habitat can certainly use that partnership. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you want to share more about that fundraiser that Pastor Margaret mentioned, uh, she mentioned yeah. it was on the 7th, but any other details you want to give about? Sure. That? So that's actually, she's referring to our annual fundraising banquet. We normally, in, for the past few years, it's been in the spring. We moved it during COVID to the fall, and that's where it's going to stay. Um, it's coming up, as you said, on September 7th. It's going to start at 530. It has a silent and live auction. We've got some great items coming up this year. And then you also have a meal. At, we are doing a plated dinner at the JMU Festival Center. And we're going to hear from previous house sponsors and also one of our Habitat families about their experience with us. And we'll, it'll just be a really great evening of community. And um, everybody that's going to be there will probably, we allow people to sponsor tables, which means that they give us $250 and then they bring eight people that are open to hearing what we're about and open to donating to our mission. And from there, it's just going to be a really good evening where we get to eat and talk with everybody that we haven't seen since before COVID. And right. we'll be talking about housing, which is our favorite thing. Yeah. Well, and so if someone would want to attend, uh, maybe donate something um, for the one of the auctions, um, however, they can go to your website and yeah absolutely they can go to our news and events page on our website and from there to our banquet page we have a full list of sponsorship levels we're still accepting sponsorships from businesses and organizations okay. and we're still accepting table hosts so if they'd like to attend or have some of their friends attend they're very welcome to yeah that would be awesome and there's always no mistake of who's listening today so if you're listening today and this is pulling at your heartstrings and maybe you've even experienced in your life sometimes where things weren't as stable as you wish they would have been and you're able to help in some form or fashion um, please reach out to habitat central habitat for humanity and um, get involved kirsten if you would mind just uh, given your website and maybe even a phone number to your offices if somebody doesn't use the internet yeah so um, our website is just www.centralvalleyhabitat.org and if you want to call our office, our office phone is 540-828-6288. You'll probably speak with our office and finance coordinator, Sydney Hazlett. Yes. And <laughs> she, she will be glad to direct you from there. Very good. Pastor Margaret, if you would want to just close in prayer, maybe sure. for Valley Habitat and for the ministry. Absolutely. Lord, I just thank you for um, this half hour of hope. Hope comes in many different forms in a world where there's so much need. And God, I thank you for um, David Wanger, um, who leads the charge at Central Valley Habitat, and uh, for his desire uh, to end homelessness, um, provide opportunities for people to have affordable housing. And I thank you for that team um, that works together to carry out the vision. I thank you for the board. And God, I thank you for the volunteers and the donors and uh, the companies uh, that give of their time and 
donate um, time to bring down the costs of these homes. And it's everybody doing their part. And so I just pray over um, the families that uh, this year will receive housing. Um, I pray over the struggles that they find themselves in. I pray that they will be open about those. And um, this team will be able to work through those difficulties that they're facing and help them to persevere and find themselves one day um, in the place of a homeowner. And uh, Father, I just pray that you would continue to open up the land, um, that you would keep the relationships within Harrisonburg, Rockham County, open with the, the city and the county officials, and that this would just continue to grow and grow, and that our community could become more stable because of this ministry. And um, just pray for all the children involved in each one of these homes, God, that they would just sense the love and care of this community, along with their parents, that they would know that they're loved and that there are people that really do care about them and that their generations could be different because of um, the work that happens in the community uh, through Habitat for Humanity. And I just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Kirsten, thank you for joining us today on Hope Talks. It's been great to have you and to share about uh, Valley Habitat. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that as you've heard Kirsten Lambert Pittman share about Central Shenandoah Valley Habitat for Humanity, that it's been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.